right. Welcome back. This is Only the Important Stuff. I am your host, Jeff Heinrich. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is uh, episode four, guest number three, um, but one of the greatest men I know in my life. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Rocky Rickard. What's up, brother? Thank you. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm, thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy, busy, busy life. I feel like every time I talk to you, you are one of the busiest humans uh, I've ever met. <sighs> Yeah, Which is yeah. wild. Kids, I know you kids enjoy travel. sitting around. <laughs> it would be nice. What are you drinking tonight, my man? What are you drinking? Oh, Jameson and ginger. It's the it's only way to go. It's your staple, yeah, especially. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Whiskey does it good. Vodka I almost died on, and uh, tequila. It better be good. <laughs> love it, love it. Well, I am. Uh, I'm drinking what you know me for. Natural ice. Light beer. (laughs) Just a light beer, my man. Yeah. um, So this is, uh, I'm trying to learn right as I do this. And so I have probably, like, as I've done these, I've just, like, taken, like, tons of notes and tried to, tried to feel like I had a flow of as far as how this was going to go. But uh, as you are one of my, best friends in my life i figured let's just sit down and let's just fucking chop it up right um i'll give a little introduction on uh rock um so as if if you listened um as i mentioned about charlie charlie's one of the two people in my life that i would call uh rock is the other one um one of the other people i would call in my life that if uh i need some shit handled i'm calling him and we're handling shit. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate the, the shit out of that. And we've obviously been through some adventures where uh, that type of stuff has happened. Uh, we're not going to spill the beans on all that stuff. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of mystery that's left uh, better unsaid. But um, I appreciate Statue the hell of limitation. Out of that. The statute of limitation has passed. So I think, I think we're golden. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, who knows how maimed some of those people were? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, God, I, now, now that you're saying it, uh, I don't think my mom will ever listen to this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story later today. I don't think I've even told you before. I don't think I've ever told you. Yeah. So, anyways, continue with the introduction. I'll, 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 I'll no, hit you with some away. crazy stuff. <laughs> fire oh, away. no, no. I, I want to hear this great introduction. This is This is good. Uh, Rocky is, uh, he's the man who introduced me to my wife, right? Um, he was dating a, a, a girl, uh, a, a fiery little redhead down in Kentucky. Um, and, uh, we were graduating. What was it? Was it, uh, non-commissioned officer school? Yeah. yeah. No, no. It was like a leadership no, development it, school. I don't know. Yeah. 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 And, uh. You brought her down for our graduation, and and uh, apparently she had a hot little number of a friend that you told her to bring along, aka your wife, who became my wife. Yeah, uh, unbeknownst to her, she didn't know she was being set up, which <laughs> she will to this day like be like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You guys were like <laughs> telling her to get into my car, and she's like, I don't know that person. I'm not getting in a car with him. <laughs> Um. Yeah, man. One thing led to another, and uh, two kids, three dogs. Well, four dogs. One passed. 
Four dogs, a cat. Here we are. Mm, Here we are. Stuff. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that was easy. <laughs> I needed a wingman. <laughs> you uh, you, wingman. I, I got that, and uh, you got a wife out of the deal. So I think it's pretty good. And I dodged a bullet, right? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you Didn't ever? I? Didn't I ever? Did you ever? Um, he's a certified swordsman. <laughs> Right. Uh, I think there's there's a certain status uh, to become that. And I am fairly confident you have achieved that in your life. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, when people honestly ask me how to describe you, right, or when I tell them about you, I almost always say you're like a human hurricane. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Covered in we tattoos. Have, <laughs> we have plenty of warning that you're coming, right? And it's it's really up to people to either to write you're either gonna ride out the storm or you gotta get the fuck out of there. Right. And <laughs> you know, I have for the better part of you know, fifteen years chosen to ride out the storm. Um <laughs> and it's been a hell of a ride. And so it's it's always a good time with you, man. Um you always I don't honestly like I'm not sure I've ever like seen you in a bad mood. I know you get in bad moods, right? I'm not yeah. naive. Um, but I feel like every time we've always like hung out, like you've always generally been like the guy who's trying to cheer people up and or just make sure everybody has a good time. Yeah, like is that accurate or no? Oh yeah, no, nah, life's too short, man glass all we have full um yeah it's just you know we're only on this earth for so long and might as well have fun you know nothing sacred from from jokes and you know i know the difference between right and wrong and uh i'll skirt the line every now and again but at the end of the day you know being a good person having fun you know live it up every every minute you can without question like that and that and that's honestly like you have a lot of great qualities, right? Um, but I do think that's one of your your best, right? Like, you're always trying to have a good time and hope hoping that everybody else is having a good one, too. Um, so, yeah, man, pat on your back for that. Uh, he's the type of guy who will bring a taser to a golf tournament. <laughs> you got to keep you on your toes, man. I mean, you make a putt, you're safe. You miss a putt fucking zap zap you hear that clack clack he's still yeah, running yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff um we once had a roman candle fight in a parking lot when we couldn't see straight <laughs> that was a good time yeah and i think i ended up naked in cowboy boots and a hat yeah you, you do. remember that I had a oh picture. man i had a picture of that uh i deleted it obviously uh-huh. um but that was a that was a hell of a night what were you doing we were playing some fucking board game and i think your intention was to get the girls that we were with naked and you ended up naked yeah that backfired (laughs) like who would have (laughs) known stephanie knew how to play cards like jesus yeah that one that one did a full 180 back at me uh but yeah somehow i ended up just in cowboy boots naked running around luckily it was dark so no one could see my little wiener but it was cold out. That's all I'm going to say. It was cold out. Yeah, it was cold it was out. Fun. You were swimming, all the things, right? Yeah. All the things. 
Um, yeah, he uh, he's infamous amongst my group of Minnesota friends. Um, I should say his phone is infamous. Uh, his phone has has more popularity than he does, but also he once lost about a thousand dollars to a guy who doesn't need money playing golf against him when he couldn't see straight and really relying on your partner. And he, you hear that guy tell it. You hear Steven tell that story. And he, he was getting like so frustrated that she just kept doubling down. And he's like, man, this yeah. is all on me. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of cash I pulled out of the ATM that day. <laughs> Ross deserved it. But to my defense, I didn't have LASIK yet and it was getting dark and I could barely see. I didn't have my glasses. And... I was hitting good shots. He was hitting great shots. By no means was I, you know, <laughs> fun in the pond. But <laughs> I lost. The <laughs> best is like is Ross. Like when he's when he's flying home, he sends a picture from first class with just a thank you, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> the stack of hundred dollar bills I gave him. So what stupid. A Never again. <laughs> Yeah, but but that's part of it, right? Like it's just like let's have a good time. Obviously, that costs you some cash, but it's a story that will live in infamy amongst oh, all yeah. of us. So yeah, so that's a little bit about rock. Obviously, I could throw out. I mean, you know, I could throw out a thousand stories um, about the shit we've been through. But uh, we met the military, right? Um, I think that's. I probably should have got led with that. Um, Rocky and I were both Cav Scouts um, way back in the day, which, gosh, I was trying to think as I was, like, prepping for this, like, how we exactly met. I mean, I know we went through basic together, but we weren't in the same platoon. We were, like, across the hall from yeah. each other. <clears throat> yeah. Like, we knew of each yeah, other. Across you the were, hall. Um, I mean, I'm big, you're big, you're loud. Right. Uh, I'm loud. Uh, yep. It just, yeah, it was, it was a bromance in its making, and uh, we both ended up going to Korea together, so we went through basic AIT, and it was just like, mm, you're going to be my friend. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and then after Korea, we spent a year together there. We lived together in Kentucky, where I think most of the memories and, and dumb shenanigans happened. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, I mean, good. I remember. It's a good time. I mean, yeah, like we obviously, like you said, right? Like we were, um, kind of two of the alphas in you know our class of, I don't know, 120 or whatever the fuck it was. Um, you know, the the people that they just like tagged as like the leaders, and so like we 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 definitely knew who each other were at that time, and um. And then we went to Korea, and obviously we, we knew who we, each other were. And we would check in with each other, but, like, for the most part, we're like, when we were up by the DMZ, like, you were bouncing to, like, Seoul every weekend or wherever the yeah. fuck you went. Yeah, partied it up, right? Worked out every day. Friday afternoon hits, we <laughs> got a pass in quotation marks. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd run from the Korean police and the MPs and... Oh yeah, we tear it up every weekend. That was a blast. That's uh, wild. That's a wild yeah. country. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Like just you know, drinking soju, falling in the turtle pits. <laughs> oh man, I got a lot of stories from that shit. But Running you know, I, I think the big thing too was uh, 
going to the gym every day you were there yeah we started playing racquetball and every day we'd play like 15 games right and just smoke ourselves um and you were still Uh in a different you know like barracks area and like you're representing a different platoon so was i and i remember it was like west side story you know like black (laughs) versus white and we were ready to have a showdown internally and i think i think you and i kept like level heads i'm like what the fuck what is this going on man like this is stupid yeah you know Half the guys are about the size of my leg, and I was like, you're going to die. Right. Let's just, you know, agree to disagree. Let's have some beers. And uh, yep. I think that, that was it, and that was the end of it. Um, For sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like, oh, man. You, you, you start sizing people up, and you realize, like, is this worth it? And, I, you know, we had our run-ins and basic, but, uh, like, I think we just kind of realized, like, look, it's, we had started to get to know each other working out. Um, yeah. that was really like, to me, like where it took off because I was going to the gym every day. So were you, and I, we could like circle back to this, but how about like, dude, we were fucking peak physical oh, performance God. in Korea. You could see four of my abs. Okay. <laughs> and I'm a big fella, right? You know that, but oh my God, I, dude. Oh, I think I had like 8% body fat. And that was the most in shape I was ever in my life. I mean, again, you could see four of my abs. That's like, never I, happened since. No. Like, I don't want to say it was the life. Um, but, man, that was a great fucking time. Like, we'd wake Damn. up, you do your morning, you know, bullshit PT, which is just some, you know, silly push-ups and sit-ups and go for a fucking jog because we all had the big guys in some of our platoons and they had, <laughs> you had to keep them with your with the troop um but then we'd go to work whatever that was going to be like rucking to a range or you know sweeping the fucking motor pool um but then like we'd cut out at four and you and i would just meet at the gym and we would we would stay there 4 30 to, to to fucking like eight yep lift i mean we had some knockdown drag out wars playing racquetball yeah like, that, that was God. probably some of the best memories man honestly and even today, I try to find guys that'll play racquetball, and I smoke them. I haven't played in years. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my buddies, Dante, big black guy, muscular, big. Um, oh, I get him just ankle breaking like Allen Iverson. That's oh, great, mm-hmm. and I feel so good about myself. But then they never want to play again. So oh, I'd give anything right. to go back to those days, man. Yeah, that was. Anyway. I mean, remember when you uh, you were going on leave? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you had like dates lined up. You were like super excited, and like we all, like I was too for you. And we were playing racquetball, and so, um, like if you're listening to this, you know who I am. Like I don't do anything like slow, and so shockingly, like right, like I when I played baseball, I threw a fastball, and that was about <laughs> it. And in racquetball, I hit the ball hard. And that was about it. And so I had this massive, like, backswing and follow-through because I just wanted to hit that fucking thing as hard as I could. And you, like, there, there maybe there's some dispute about, like, whether or not you stepped into my backswing or... You overstepped uh, your swing, one of the two, or sure. I swung too, too much, I don't know. But I cracked you right in the lip. And you, like, that was probably the only time I thought in my life, like, you were going to... You were you're gonna come at me like without any uh I concern so for my pissed. health <laughs> like you know though like if somebody's in your space you just pull back you get the point anyways right it's like 
false. I've got it, right? But you fucking went forward. And you saw me. Like, I'm 6'2", 200, well, at that time, 220. You couldn't miss me. And you right in the fucking face. It hurt. It hurt. I was so mad. Uh, like, chicks are going to yeah. think I have herpes. My lips all busted up. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were fine when you went home. I'm guessing. I think you yeah, managed I, to do I, okay. I came out on top. We're good. <laughs> yeah, no, honey. Uh, so we ran into some North Koreans. They hit me with yeah. their rifle. Yeah. They were the with the Katusa, and yeah, they're part of a gang. I'm sure you, yeah. sure you spun some story. Yeah, that's uh, that was a good one. And then, uh, God, what else was there when we were there? Remember fighting in the fucking hallway? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what did I do? I, I punched you or nut tapped you on the bus ride, and you Started got so on the bad. Bus. Yeah, and you took well, your watch off, which is nine rewind. pounds. Let's right. rewind all the way back. We went to the officers' club, which we should not have been in. <laughs> right, we were drinking and playing darts, um, and there were some officers in there, a couple females. I feel like you asked a captain. You could see her panties. I don't remember like the exact. <laughs> I do. Wordage. Yeah. yeah. And like we got kicked out, and so we're riding the bus back. And I don't know why. Like you got all froggy, and you just like reached over, and you you gave me the biggest dead leg I've ever had in my life. I mean, full on <laughs> swing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, so we start like pushing and shoving each other, and we get back to the barracks, and. We were playing ribs for like three minutes where, you know, you put one hand on each other's shoulders and you just trade rib shots. And all I just remember all like the privates, um, corporals, they're all like looking out of the room like, what the fuck is happening? Like these two guys are <laughs> throwing bombs at each other. And we're just unloading on each other. And I don't know, I don't know why, like after one, you just, you kicked me in the shin. I vaguely remember that, but you kicked me in the I shin and you took off running like a little bitch. And so I took my watch <laughs> off and threw it as hard as I could right in the square of your back. And you, it, it looked like you'd been shot. You're like, ah, uh, if Flavor good. Flav had a watch on his wrist, that was how big your watch was. It was nine pounds, stainless steel, and it didn't even break after it hit me and then landed on a concrete floor, right? That's how heavy it was. And, oh, yeah, it hit me right between the shoulder blades. You Dead wore it square. like a champ. You yeah, wore yeah. it like a champ, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Live and you learn. <laughs> Don't kick Jeff. <laughs> not in the shin. It's not in the shin. All right? Like, I'll, you, yeah. you want to kick me in the face? Fine. Not the shin, yeah. my man. Not the shin. Or my toes. Yeah. Those are my big, my big no-nos. Yeah, Kareem was yeah, uh, so the one time, too, that I... I don't even know if you even know. There's a few stories you don't even know. Um, so I had sex in a tank um, in at our base of Gary Owen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had the keys where to the back no of the women uh, Bradley. Allowed. How the yeah, fuck did no that women happen? Were uh, we made it happen. But I had the keys <laughs> to the back of the uh, Bradley. And we just looked at each other. And we're like, you want to have sex? <laughs> She's like, okay. Yeah. No. Good for you. That was a good time. Good Check that for off the bucket list. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, not many people can say they had sex in a tank. No, 
No, well, especially since generally only men are, or guys are allowed on tanks. That's true. <laughs> so she should be thanking me, right? Yeah, not a lot of exactly. opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, I guess there might be, depending on you know which way you swing. But <laughs> for you, I know you're uh, generally uh, or uh, fairly fairly straight guy. So uh, yeah, not a lot yeah. of opportunity for that to present itself. Yeah, we don't putt from the rough. We're good. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I knew this was going to go uh, this this way. So oh yeah, yeah. So that's my. Uh, that's my this introduction. Is rocky <laughs> world. Um, no, but uh, like legitimately, um, you know, Rocky's one of the best guys that I've ever met on the face of this planet. And um, I'm lucky and thankful to call him a friend. Like, not only is he a good time and, you know, a ride or die when you're in there, but, you know, he's, he's honestly probably one of the most generous people I've ever met. Um, he will he'll do anything for those that he cares about so um it's not all you know fun and fucking drunk dumb stories and all that dumb shit <laughs> like you are you're a good human being you're a one-on-one man right like I, I i have friends who describe you as that right like that you can't compare you or no one can compare you to anybody else so um, i appreciate it that's like fucking, to say it broke broke the mold man both of them because it Absolutely. took two to make but yeah but the stories are what makes life life right you know for sure it's always good reminiscing you know i forgot about half of these stories and it's like oh yeah <laughs> you know um yeah korea was a blast man i mean i was just thinking right as we we're talking there's this one time man i don't think i was with you i might have been uh but we were out past curfew saturday night downtown in a town we're not supposed to be in in seoul the only mm -hmm. white guys in this place and there was another white guy and a white girl, his girlfriend. And mm -hmm. I can't remember what happened. All I remember was she got so mad, wanted to fight me. And she took a really long puff of her cigarette and she put it out on my chest. And I, I, I even have the scar mark still. And I was so mad, but I would never hit a woman. So her boyfriend was standing right next to her. And without hesitation, after she puts it out, I throw one right hook and then her boyfriend drops, yeah, lights out, right? You, and she <laughs> got so mad. She's like, what are you doing? And I can't remember who was with me. Grabbed their drink, threw it in her face, grabs me and like, run. And it was just like what you see on TikTok, run. And we just scattered and we're running through the streets of Korea <laughs> at like two in the morning. Oh, man. That was a blast. Ah, I felt bad for that guy, though. It's a weird place. Like, oh, yeah. uh, especially like when you got off base, um, you get into those towns, right? It's all catered to, it's all catered to the military, but then like at a certain time, like, I don't know if you want to call it like the lights went down, whatever you want to call it, but you know, you start seeing their MPs walking around and they knew we weren't supposed to be out there and it wasn't like, a. It very much felt like you're 18 again, right? And like you're yeah. you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, um, but you got a, a couple more brain cells that have developed, and so you know you know like how to not get caught doing things, and it just it felt a little like Grand Theft Autoy, right? Where you're just oh, like 100%. running from bar to bar, <laughs> like no, everyone was drunk. Your first sergeant was drunk. 
your section sergeant was drunk. And for sure. For the most part, anything went, right? Because we policed ourselves for the longest time, right? No MPs were near us. Yeah. And you just handled things in-house. And it was the best. And I will yep. tell you, anybody that's listening, like, if you have a kid that's ever going to go into the military, absolutely. Go to Korea. The experience for one year, um, hands down. Uh, probably one yeah. of the best. Well, what do they yeah. say about Korea, right? Like, I, I remember, like, the saying, like, when we got there and, like, you talked to all the upper echelon NCOs and officers and whatnot, right, is when you go to Korea, if you come back with the same rank <laughs> or, or, no, you want to come back with the same rank and without a wife and you have succeeded there. I would agree and with that. it's wild because, like, there's – it's hard to explain to people, like, how – many situations that are there are designed to like trip you yep. up and get yep. you in trouble and all the women i shouldn't say all the women that's a wildly inaccurate representation but there's a lot of like sex trafficking going on there and so a lot of people go there and these they call them drinking drinky girls and they're at every bar um imagine going to a strip club Right. And you're walking or you're sitting at a strip club and a girl just walks up to you and like wants, you know, wants to give you a lap dance, wants to talk to you and expects money in return. It's the same thing there, just minus the, the lap dances and like the nudity. So there's these girls. And sadly, you know, now that we're way more educated, you know that most of them are probably in the fucking sex trafficking industry. And you feel bad for them <clears throat> in the moment because, you know, they're just whatever money that you may give them is going to go to some other guy but they're just they they go up to everybody and they just they're just trying to get money out of them and oh, there's a lot of dudes in the military who who fucking fall for that shit hook line and sinker <laughs> they find out how much it costs to buy their freedom capitalism at its finest right <laughs> yeah and bring them back it's just it's it's an a weird place to yeah. say the least you, you know i got my first article 15 in korea right no. What so I had two for? article fifth I had two article fifteens in my career. One of them Christ. was also with you. Uh the day I got mm -hmm. arrested in Kentucky. Yeah. Love that story. We'll have to tell it. Um but yeah, it was like day two. We just got to Korea, brand new private. I'm stuck in like three people to a room and mm -hmm. this black kid comes in, obviously seasoned, he's been there a while. And um there is a reason I, I, I call him the black kid and not by his name. Um, but I just said, Hey, leave my room, man. I ain't got time for it. You're drunk. I was hundred percent sober and mm -hmm. he just wouldn't leave. And he, he kind of pushed me back, stood up to me, you know, kind of trying to put me in check and I just wasn't having it. It's like prison, right? Where you're like fucking big fuck small, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I was like, I wasn't having it. So he came back in, rushed at me. And again, one right hook dropped him it busted his lip. And yeah. just blood everywhere, threw him out. And uh, about three hours later, I had my brand new section sergeant, who I met one time before in 48 yeah. hours, just smoked the living dog shit out of me until right. PT. So imagine from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., I'm doing flutter kicks, push-ups, and running. Right. Um, and then they call me into the first sergeant's office, who happened to be black as well. And uh, the guy I punched was standing there. Lip is literally six inches away from his nose, out. Totally. And yep. uh, he lies and tells that first sergeant, you know, that I call him the N-word. And I broke 
you know, parade rest. And I said, you are a hundred percent fucking lying. And that first mm-hmm. sergeant I know, believe me. And he looked yeah. at me and he's like, at ease, you know, and they did give me an article 15, uh, work duty. And my punishment as well was for seven days. I had to be tied off with a rope to this guy. And every time we would pick up trash, we'd have to pick it up together. Anytime we were mowing the lawn, both hands had to be on the lawnmower and we were pushing it, right? It was fucking awful. But yeah, I do remember the, that. Yeah, on the fourth day, he decided not to show up and he was a shitbag anyways. Um, they didn't take any of my rank. I just had to work an extra seven days. And, but I'll tell you what, nobody ever fucked with me then again, right? So, I mean, you kind of got to lay down the law, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I do remember that. I remember like shortly after getting there, like you getting in trouble and yeah. some weird ass punishment. Yeah. yeah. So God. the best thing, and I'll never ever for the until I die forget this. Like the guy was a piece of shit, but I fucked his lip up so bad that he was a smoker. He had to smoke a cigarette like he was smoking the smallest roach in the world because he couldn't wrap his <laughs> mouth around the cigarette. And I will never forget. And I laughed. I'm like, you know, you learned your lesson, buddy. Um, Jesus. Yeah. That was good times, man. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, you've good been in time. close proximity. Both times have been uh, in trouble yeah, with the military. Well, yeah. Obviously, the second one I was directly involved with. Yeah. Uh, or was a part of the story. Obviously, I wasn't involved with, like, the incident. But it was happening while I was there. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe shit. Like, I'll, I'll let you tell it. Like, what's oh, your yeah. perspective on it's, that? It's, I have my, it's a good story. my version. I, 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 there's always like four or five sides, so you fire. Oh away. yeah, yeah. No, we were we were gussied up, going to military ball, full class A uniform. We were up in Indiana Dressed at the, the casino. Nines. Yeah, and we had everything planned. I mean, everything. I had the hottest little number. I got a, a suite at the Brown Hotel. Like everything was going great. So we wrap up with the ball. We head down to 4th Street Live in Kentucky, downtown Louisville. And everything's going great. I'm talking to my cutie. Everything's good. And I see Jeff about mm, 40 yards away across the bar talking mm. to three or four Abercrombie and French frat boys. And I know something is wrong. <laughs> Not that like Jeff couldn't handle himself, but I'm like, oh, this is a prime opportunity. Uh, to go two on four, two on five. Um, and out of the corner of my eye, like I see this guy spit on Jeff uh, right on his ribbons. And I look at the girl I'm with. I said, I'll be right back. I think I get three steps because we're the only two guys in a yeah. frat house downtown nightclub scene dressed in class A uniform, right? Yep. Stetsons. I mean, like you could pick us out of a lineup without a doubt. And yep. I think I get three steps because I'm about ready to go fucking Superman somebody and just start a fucking brawl. And I get three steps and I have a bouncer about five foot four, 200 pounds, bowling ball, grab me by the arm like I'm a kid. And he says, don't do it. I saw it. Don't go anywhere. So, of course, with my great thinking ability, um, I take offense to him grabbing me. So I smack his hand like a toddler and I say, do not touch me while I'm in uniform. Well, before I can even finish the word uniform, this bouncer punches me in the throat with his thumb. Mm -hmm. And I go down like a sack of rocks and I'm gasping for air. And I will never, ever forget this. Jesus Christ himself 
shined a light on a Budweiser beer bottle. Not a Bud Light, Budweiser, red. And I saw it on the ground and I'm like, fuck this. I grabbed it and as I stood up, I turned it over that bouncer's head and dropped him. I get six more feet and I run into about six bouncers and they proceed to beat the living shit out of me. Um, punching, kicking. Jeff is like, what's going on? People are fighting in one corner. I'm getting the shit kicked out of me. And the coolest cop runs in. He's like, oh man, saves me, pulls me out. Are you okay? Like, man, I saw everything happen and da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm good. And I swear to God, out of a fucking Tarantino movie, the escalator's right next to me. And I see like six or seven SWAT team in full right gear come up this escalator. And as it peaks, a little Napoleon motherfucker comes out and he's like, looks at the cop. He's like, is that the guy that hit the beer, uh, the bouncer of the beer bottle? And that, that nice gentle cop's like, yes, Napoleon's like, take him down. That nice cop grabbed me by the throat, kicked my feet out, slammed me to the ground, <laughs> hogtied me, cuffed me. I was so mad that I just got hogtied and cuffed. It took six officers to carry me down and I will never <clears throat> forget it. As we're going down, I am sprawled out in a horizontal position. I have my feet, my feet <laughs> zip tied. My hands zip tied behind me. Six guys carried me down an escalator. And at the bottom was one of my captains from another <laughs> battalion. And he looks at me. He's like, what happened? I'm like, oh, call my, call my first sergeant. <laughs> they <laughs> threw me in the back of the drug tank. And I spent three, two and a half days in general population with murderers, rapists. Oh. So the first night I slept it out. <laughs> You know, they sent me like white bread with cheese. That was my meal. And I'm like, I don't want it. I'll never forget, man. This cracked out dude comes up to me and I'm sleeping in the, like the top bunk. And I'm like, God damn it. Do not fuck with me. I do not want to be in another fight. And he's like, Hey, what have they got you for? And I said, ah, <laughs> I beat the shit out of some guy. I turned a bottle over his head. He's like, that's it. He's like, damn, it's really bad when they're arresting military fuckers. He's like, I killed two motherfuckers. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> They took all my ribbons because they had pens on them because I could use them as weapons. I mean, it sure. was nasty. But yeah, man, I went to court. Um, I got released on what recognizance. What happened when you got out of jail? Oh, Jeff, you were there. <laughs> I wanted a Penn Station sub sandwich. You felt so bad. You're like, can I do anything? Oh, and here's the worst part. So my grandparents are like the most holy roller people in the world. That was the only phone number I knew by heart. So I had to call my grandparents at like 11 o'clock at night, their time in California to mm -hmm. call my mom, to call Jeff, to see if they could post bail. Well, because judges don't work on weekends. I got arrested Friday night. I had to wait till Monday morning. Yeah. Um, oh, it was just, it was, it was shitty. It was such it a was shit shitty. show, dude. Yeah. Like that, that might be like the only bar fight I've ever been in in my life where I wasn't able to throw a punch. <laughs> and I, like i still to this day i feel like we were fucking set up right um because like you said we're the only two dudes in there and like well i take that back john was with us right so there were three of us in our fucking in our class a's you know everybody else is in there as you aptly called them uh abercrombie and fitch uniforms um and yeah these these dudes are just talking shit and you know, like I said, like we talked about, like we weren't, we weren't people to fuck around with back then, right? So I just remember telling like all of them, I was like, 
guys, you don't want none of this. Like, I will rearrange all of your faces in like three seconds. Like, this is not a good move. And one of them spits on me, and literally, like, as it hit my chest, I got wrapped up by a bouncer. So, like, I couldn't even do anything. I was like, what the <clears> fuck? <throat> and then, and Reek, he got like fucking choked out. It happened that quick. Like, it's like everybody told him, like, we're going to go pick a fight with these guys. Because like you said, you you saw it. You took a step, and some guy had you, right? And you weren't even by me. You were, you know, 20 feet away. And, like, Reek and I just get dragged out. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then, you know, I'm, I'm laughing as you're telling the story because 15, 20 seconds later, you come out, and you're just strolling out and then they fucking take you down and they've got you like hogtied like a like a pig spit roast right like they're just dragging you down the escalator and throwing you in a cop car and we're like what the fuck is happening and we come to find out everything that went down it's like jesus christ like what a joke what a joke of a night and, and yeah, I just you're just end, stuck there yeah, and i'll end with this like so uh actually that redhead that jeff mentioned in the beginning of the story her uncle was a criminal defense lawyer in louisville so i didn't have i only paid him 500 bucks but um, mm. the day I went to court, because I was actually looking at potential jail time uh, for assault with you a deadly charged weapon. Me. You got charged I with did. I did. And uh, I saw the bouncer I hit walking into court. And I shouldn't have talked to him, but I did. And I said, hey, I'm so sorry for anything that I did. And I, you know, but I said, you punched me in the throat. I thought I was going to die. And uh, he said he saw it a different way. But uh, he shook my hand and said, hey, no ill will. They dropped, he dropped all charges against me and I walked out, no fine, no nothing. Um, the military was super great. Uh, I'll never forget. I went into the Colonel's office and they said, you know, we're going to have to give you an article 15. And I said, just don't take my rank. Don't take my money. And he's like, yeah. we're not going to do any of that. And, uh, once I explained the story, I was looking out for a fellow soldier. He's like, you're all right in my book. And, uh, I'll never right. forget. He even asked me, he's like, did you win? <laughs> and I said, I'd like to think I did. Um, so uh, long story short, yeah, I had to do a few days of extra duty, and uh, they, they wiped everything away, and I went away scot-free, yeah. to be honest with you. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. God, that was, that was... Yeah, I mean, we were calling lawyers left and right, like trying to get you out early. Impossible. You just stuck yeah. there till fucking Monday. That was bull. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not like uh, we're rich and have money, so... God, we yeah, had zero dollars back then. Yeah. I was good. Honestly, that's probably some of the best sleep I've ever had. I was never worried. <laughs> but it was the worst food of my life. Literally, like Wonder sure. Bread, white bread, and cheese. And I think I had like a fruit cup. Like I yeah. had that twice a day, and that's all you get. And again, right. I'm with murderers and rapists. There was some guy that actually committed like a homicide, but like on an entire family in, in Kentucky, right? So there's like 13 people. I'm literally bunked next to this guy who killed 13 people. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just get into? Like, uh, anyways, a uh, bigger man for it now. Hard knocks, right? Yeah, all day. <laughs> the oh, only time I ever wild. spent time in jail. Um, <laughs> Which is I, hard to believe. But, shocking you know. <laughs> statement for me. Now, have I been in trouble before? Sure. But yeah, that was the only time I actually spent uh, time in jail. Oh, shit. Yeah, so clearly we were in the military together. Like, what went into your decision to join? Oh, man. So the honest truth, and I've told you this before, so I was on tour uh, with Korn. 
the rock band, Incubus, Guns N' Roses, Counting Crows in Europe. And, uh, you know, I, I know that's tough to just start off with, but, uh, you know, I met, <laughs> I met that's, Korn. That's how you introduced yourself to me. Gosh, yeah, yeah man, that's I, was, I was on I tour met, with Korn. I was like, what man. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So I'll rewind a little bit, but, uh, you know, the members of Korn, so Monkey, his name is James Schaefer. Um, I used to work at a gym in California, and he would come in high as fuck and just run five miles stoned. You know, and I really didn't even know who Corn was at that time, to be honest with you. And I just knew he was famous. And we became friends, believe it or not. A 17-year-old kid and a rock star. Um, sold him pot when he needed it. Bought his wife flowers when he got in trouble. And, like, he had no idea, right? Coolest guy. Drove his Porsche up and down PCH, you know. Um, but one day he came in and was like, hey, I'll, I'll see you in a few months. I'm going on tour. And jokingly, I said, oh, I want to go. And he looks at me and he's like, Okay. And I'm like, wait, what? I mean, I'm 17 Jesus. years old, about to turn 18, and I have a rock star saying, yeah, come, come to uh, Europe with me on a tour. And uh, he said one thing. He's like, you pay for your airline ticket over there. I'll cover all other expenses. And uh, within two minutes, I walked over to my boss. I'm like, I quit. And within 48 <laughs> hours, I am on a plane to uh, Portugal and um, going on tour with a rock band. So... Um, I was very fortunate. I, uh, I won a lawsuit when I was a kid. Long story. We're not going that way. But I got my first payment of $10,000 when I was 18. It just couldn't have been timed better. And uh, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I spent four months in Europe. The first few months were awesome. But all I was doing was partying, doing drugs, uh, just living my best life, right? And I said, man, I'm missing out on something in life. And so I decided yeah. to buy a backpack, and I would backpack all through Europe by myself at 18 and uh, I'd meet people along the way, but I'd meet up with corn on major, you know, country shows like, you know, Belgium or Holland and things like that. So I was living the life. So I ended up in Amsterdam and, you know, prior to me leaving, I mean, that's all I was doing. I lost a scholarship to play football cause I was a fucking idiot. Um, I was fighting, I was drinking, partying, bouncing at night uh, on a fake ID and uh working at a gym in the day so by the time we hit amsterdam i'm kind of partied out and i just had this epiphany that i needed something better in my life and yes i was on mushrooms yes i was on hashish yes i was drunk <laughs> but i'll never forget it there's a giant photo about 20 feet by 20 feet of the dogs playing poker it's the most famous you know dog poker image yeah, you could yeah. see and yeah. those dogs turned to me, and I swear to God, they talked to me, and they said, <laughs> you need to do something with your life. And I can remember being like, uh-huh. They're like, join the military. And I shit you not. Like, weeks <laughs> later, I get home. I, I don't even tell my mom, because I'm, I'm 18. I go straight yeah. down to the recruiting station. I go to the Coast Guard first. They look at me, and they said, uh, yeah, not with those tattoos. They literally like kicked me out of their office. I'm like, that's so stupid. Go to the Marine Corps. They don't even acknowledge my existence when I walk in there. And I sit down for like 20 minutes and I'm like, fuck this. I want to feel like I'm special, right? Like yeah. I'm baby and dirty dancing. So I go to the army and they just like, hey, how you doing? Like show me this cool video of dune buggies and people jumping out of planes. They're like, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. Two weeks later, I'm in basic training. Yeah. <laughs> Signed the Did papers you get that the day. motorcycle video? No, I got the motorcycle video. The fucking yeah. snowmobiles. There ain't no snow. 
It's no. so stupid. But they got me and I loved it. I signed up for three years and I re-enlisted uh, twice in yep. eight years. So I almost spent a full eight years in and loved every minute of it. So yeah, stupid Those mushrooms. Are, that's great decision making on your part, yeah. listening to dogs in a picture. Dude, I'll tell you what, the best decision I've ever made, right? So I was a shithead, right? You know, I was a smart kid, very athletic. But, I mean, in the military, they gave me the opportunity to, to be able to buy a house, to be able to get married. Totally. Um, three degrees, education. didn't have to pay a yep. dime. Yeah, education, medical. Uh, best decision I've ever made, man. Straightened up. Mm -hmm. um, and I am who I am today because of that. You know, so. Right. 100% totally. recommend the military. So, like... I mean, like, because that's just a crazy story, and I love it. But at the same time, like, you have kids now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right? So, so I'm just going to do a complete 180, right? You got two boys, uh, Bear and Trace. Um, do you want for them to join? Or, like, what are... I, oh, I would love... I don't even I know honestly... if, like, I'm asking the right question there, like... Yeah, no, 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 you're asked the right question. I would 100% absolutely push them to the military. I even have those conversations with them now. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think they're for it now because, again, at 11 and 13, all you want to think about is video games and girls right now, maybe some sports, and I might yeah. need to eat between there, right? But yeah. I ask my kids what they want to be when they grow up. Um, now, would I recommend the Army for them? I don't know, to be quite frank. Like, I mm. maybe the Air Force. I mean, I want to see who my boys <laughs> become and what kind of men they become because there are certain sure. types that would be better suited. So if my sons, and they're not, uh, were just fear nothing killers, right? On the football field, on whatever, I'd tell them to go to the Marine Corps, right? Because they need a little hua in their life. They want to feel yeah. that. My boys aren't that way. My boys are very smart, athletic, so I'm like, hmm, Air Force, Coast Guard, maybe the Army. Not the Navy, because they're all queers, but Jesus. that's <laughs> that's where I would go, you know? And yeah. again, I, I just want my boys to be happy and healthy. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how, you know, I'm definitely going to present it as an option, right? But ultimately, it's not you know, in my opinion, it's not for everybody. Right. Um, no. it's, you know, partially for me, like part of why I got out. Um, like I loved the time I was in there. Right. And I'm super thankful for all of it. Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of it that pissed me off and it's not, <laughs> it has nothing to do with like politics, um, or anything like that. Right. Like we were in the middle of, you know, fucking two front two war. wars. Yeah. Right. Like when we were in, it is what it is. Um, it was just more the, and I would tell people who weren't in, uh, if if the army or, and I'm a, and I'm going to equate this to all of our military branches had to like bid for the right to fight a war, they would lose every time because they're inefficient, they're slow, you know, it's it's very bureaucratic, it's it's all the things like big government is, and it pissed pissed me the hell off right like i hated <clears throat> i hated being smarter than everybody that i was mm -hmm. like working with right yeah. um and, and i don't and i'm not like I'm, i 
that comes off like super arrogant and I'm not trying to say that arrogantly, but like if you just do your time in the military, you get promoted to a certain point. Right. And sure. That was frustrating as fuck to me because there are people in certain positions that had no business leading men to fight wars, right? Like they're not inspiring. They don't challenge you. They don't push you. It was just bark, bark, bark. Which I respond to in in at times, um, and so like I think for all the branches, right? Like it just it takes a it takes the right person, um, yeah, to join it. Because but there's two things there. There's two things here, Jeff. Like yeah, that's yeah. the regular army versus the elite, right? In special operations. Totally. So you would have had a whole different encounter, right? Because nobody wants to do the dumb army shit, right? I didn't no. even during deployment. No. But nope. we all serve the purpose, right? And the Army's been totally. around since 1776, right? Yep. Um, at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest. And here's the other thing. You're like the five percentile because you're, what, four or five years older than me? You already had a degree. You had some life experience. Most yep. average age of military inductees are between 17 and 19, right? Where you're right. building them up from nothing. You already had something. Yep. Yep. So at the end of the day, sure, it's going to be more frustrating. But that would be more of a calling of saying, hey, you're squared away. You know what's up. You got a degree. All right. Why don't you join uh, the Rangers? Why don't you join this? Right. And yeah. again, it's not for everybody. So at the end of the day, yeah. I, I want my boys to pick what they want to do. But at the, I can't. I can't stress this enough. It's a stepping stone. What totally person in this world is going to give a kid at 18 with say no direction, not going to college, to pay for college, give them full medical, dental, health care? room and board three squares a day and make $36,000 a year. Like I know minimum wages, you know, increasing these days, but at the end of the day, um, the military offers far more. Sure. You might have to eat a little shit pie and humble pie, whatever you want to call it. But you know, at the end of the day, the minimum contract right now for armed forces is two years. I think you signed up for two, right? Two or three. You were three, three. Three. So, you can serve two years and have all your debt removed, right? Like, I mean, nowadays with everything going on and, uh, I, I would, I would encourage more kids to do it. Um, male, female, yeah. doesn't matter. Just go do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it, and I, obviously I hope you, <clears throat> I hope anybody who listens to this doesn't take that as me like shitting on it. Uh, cause it's, it's a legitimate path for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to figure their shit out and there's a ton of directions you can go in that right like when you join any of the services obviously we were you know we were combat arms so we were you know tip of the fucking spear whatever you want to call it right like we were on the front lines but there's there's other avenues if you're not willing to pick up a fucking gun and take a hill right like that you can explore that will still give you all those benefits and and as as you mentioned, right, like it's there's two versions of every branch, right? There's the the regular shit, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the special people, right? And you know, honest, you know, I mean, you know that, like, right? Like we had those opportunities in front of us, um, you know. And I I was after I got fucking soldier of the year, like they, the fucking base commander was like here's your ticket if you want to go yep. to fucking selection school. And I was like, okay, um, 
well, I'm out in like six months. And he's like, you can do that. You can take choice to station. You can, you know, like they were throwing yeah. everything at me. And it was, it was nice to hear that. But at the same time, like I obviously, you know, it, part of me was a fed up and B saw the writing on the wall, right? Like nah. here's what's coming down the fucking pipe. Um, we were, you know, three years into a, I don't know what eventually became a fucking 10 year, year 20 war. year war. Yeah. And so it was like, God, is that how I want to spend the next 10 years of my life? I had yeah. just met Jen, right? Like it was, I, I knew like, like if I'm not in it, I'm not in it. Right. And if I'm going to yeah. be in it, I'm going to go all in and that's going to be who I am for the next fucking 17 to 20 years. Knowing and, what you uh, know now, being in the career path that you've been in for the last, what, 14 years since you've been out, roughly-ish, would you mm -hmm. do anything different or would you still have gotten out taking this path that you've been on? Or would you have stayed mm -hmm. in? And Man, that's a, right, like butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. the, quick, the quick answer is no, right, because I wouldn't have the children I have today, right, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I know that, but... Look, specul speculatively, just like I'm doing this, like, yeah, man, I'd love to, yeah. fuck, like, who knows, right? Like, what could have been? You don't, right? like, you don't think you and Jen could have, uh, I see, so I see it differently. I think if that was the passion, and I don't see, I don't think it was the passion, and there's nothing wrong with that. You served our country, and 90% of the population doesn't even do that, right? But I do think, like, Jen would have followed you. You would have married her. You, depends on when you put it in and the baby comes, right? I get that, right? So, you yep. know, you could have two girls or whatever. But you've got what you got, right? And yep. there's nothing wrong with that. But I always say, like, if you could do something over from a career aspect, not sure. a family or wife aspect, would you have changed? Could Because you happened? had the aspiration to join the FBI, right? Yeah. Like, That's a good Could story. that have all happened? Right. Like, yeah. uh, you know, yes, potentially. But personally, like from yeah. my perspective, no, because. And I don't know how you felt about this. Like I saw the guys who were married and that. Were oh, they were in, miserable. And they yeah. struggled. I mean, they were miserable for a wide variety of reasons. But if I was going to stay in, like like we just said, like I was going all in. Right. And I was going to selection school. I was doing. I was going to OCA. I was going all the way. And when I do that, personally, I don't want to fucking think about anything else. I don't want to have to worry about what's at home. Like, yep. that's part of why I joined, right, is I had no one yep. Yep. that I was responsible for. And I think that, I don't know, right? I, I just, I don't, I know I wouldn't have been as, as effective Right, like, yeah. could I could I take that house? Could I kick in that door, knowing that if something happens on the other side, I'm leaving a spouse? Yeah, could I? Yeah. Sure. Could I? Could I do it as aggressively as necessary? No. Right, because you're worried about like leaving people behind. Um, it's just like now that you know, like now that you're a dad, do you drive as dumb as you used to? Do you, you know, do the dumb shit that you used to do? No, because. You're responsible for shit now. And, you know, I'm not saying it should be a prerequisite because that's archaic. But at the same time, like, hats off to those those badass motherfuckers that could do that. Because oh, yeah. I couldn't. 
I couldn't, and I chose, you know, to start a life as opposed to pursuing that path because I know I couldn't do it. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I was able to. I was able to take those. I was able to go into that and take that challenge on because I knew it was just me. Obviously, I had friends and family and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, like, I wasn't. I mean, I would have left them behind, but you know, their life would have moved on. Um, which is a little morbid to say, but at the same time, true. Yeah. Um, you know, they would have remembered me however they remembered me, but, you know, I wasn't leaving a responsibility behind. Yeah. And so that was why I bounced. Because um, I just didn't want, I wanted to move on to that next chapter of my life. And yeah. when, I, when I joined, that was always my goal was I'm going to, tr- I'm going to try it out. And if it's what I want to do and I'm like super passionate about it, which I was like, and I will say this oh, yeah. wholeheartedly, I haven't been as passionate about anything since. Yeah. I've done shit, but I was never as invested as I was then. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful for all it gave me and the lessons it taught me and, you know, in leadership, in accountability, in getting your shit done and all that stuff. Um, but I also knew I wanted, I wanted to start a family mm-hmm. and I had met the person that I knew I was going to do that with. And it's, and I was faced with that same fucking decision when I got hired by the ATF and I turned it down because I knew I, I, you know, we were at a spot where I couldn't, I couldn't step back and like leave my wife hanging like that. No, you know, um, and I just, I, I just couldn't, right? And like, and some people can. I just couldn't, personally. Yeah. Right? No. And no, that that's you know that's the way the cookie crumbles, right? Nobody knows, man. But yeah, I mean, we're not to answer your yeah. original question. <laughs> do I wonder? Hundred percent. Like, sure. You know, like, I wonder yeah, if I, I never got out, right? I, I wonder if I did take the desk job and right. what would my life? Yeah, no. You know, I, I believe everything happens for a reason. Everything. Good, bad, totally. ugly, and different. Totally. So, right. This is like a path where we are. Yeah. Because we, because you know, of the path we took, and like it was yeah. where we're supposed to be, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, like you know, as far as my kids, I don't know, right? Like, I'm definitely going to present it as an option. I'm definitely going to present, you know, college. I'm going to present trade schools. I'm going to present just go get a job. Like, y- you have paths in front of you that you can take and here are theoretical like predictive outcomes for them right yeah um and what you can do with them if you so choose to um whereas i don't know about you but i was essentially presented with college that was my path right yeah and it was a fucking shock to my to my parents when i just called them one day and said i leave for the army on November, whatever it was, right? And they were like, holy shit. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think everybody gets that that shot. Like, yeah, we weren't, I mean, my family was semi-military, but it's a shock for anybody, man. I mean, because at the end of the day, the day, hypothetically, my kid comes home and says, I'm joining this way. Dude, I'll be scared shitless for him. The worst thing in this world is losing a child. And nobody knows that feeling except parents and those that have lost right i know mm-hmm. how bad it is to lose a family member or a best friend 
fucking the worst thing in my life was my best friend passing away. Yeah. Um, I could only imagine what his parents went through and yeah. I could never imagine. So you only want the best. You want your kids safe, right? You don't need them to be mm -hmm. Hua, right? But you want to afford mm -hmm. them the opportunity and understand what it means for serving for a greater good. Um, right. And no better feeling is serving for your country. Again, I don't care if you're a cook or a fucking JAG officer. Like, it doesn't matter. You signed on right. the dotted line, and you you know what you're signing up for. So when zombie apocalypse comes or Russia tries to invade, you know your ass is going to get shot. Right? So with, you take that oath, right? Yeah, totally. And, and, and like I said, the benefits, uh, I want. that's the one way I know. Because, look, I, I make a good living. I'm not fucking extremely wealthy. I want to give my kids what I never had and to give them a stepping stone because I can't give them an mm -hmm. inheritance and all that stuff. The stepping stone I can give them a point in the right direction, go to the military. You buy yeah. any house well, you want I, when you get out, you know? And I think, like you said, it's your, and you can speak to it from a, from an angle of truth, right? Versus, a fucking recruiter who's going to show you a snowmobile and motorcycle video. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Bastard. Like you can, you can tell them, you can tell them the good things like you're talking about, but you can also tell them the warts, right? And let them make their decisions. Cause yeah. like with everything in life, right? Like all of our, you know, nothing's perfect, right? Like even though, you know, we may love our jobs, we may love whatever it may be. Um, there's still shit that we got to deal with that you don't like, right? And then you just you help them make that decision. You know, is that something yeah. you can tolerate or not? Yeah, but, push them. Yeah, totally. push them. Speaking of wanting to give your kids everything. Uh oh. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're just you're talking about like you're talking about parenting, man. Which you know, we had dynamite conversation last time you were up here oh yeah um when we were driving up to to go golf and it's part of the genesis of this podcast in my opinion right is you know like and i've talked to my friends about it right like we don't talk about like the, the struggles or the challenges of raising our kids and um and and the shit we're dealing with you know, and, and how, how they're doing and, you know, all the craziness that, that they're going through. Right. But like, like you mentioned, like your kids are into video games, sometimes yep. into sports, right? Like not, they don't have fully developed, developed frontal lobes yet. <laughs> they're right? idiots uh, sometimes. Yes. I understand <laughs> what you just said. No, I mean all the time, right? <sighs> like for crying out loud, we were till we were 26. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man, like a little background, right? Like you're a divorced father. Yep. But you got to, I mean, I'll let you describe your relationship with their mother. Like, yeah, I, my I opinion mean, is awesome. I, uh, I have a very, very good relationship with my ex-wife. Now, was it all peaches and creams in the beginning? No. You know, uh, the hardest thing I ever had to do was seriously contemplate getting a divorce. And then I went to the divorce side mm -hmm. and by no means did I take it lightly. Um, we tried marriage counseling. I just, I just knew and without giving too much details of that was just, yeah, I didn't want to wake up one day 
and be like, why doesn't mom love dad? No, she loves me. And I'll tell you right now, I love my ex-wife to this day. I yeah. love her because she's the mother of my children, but I'm not in love with her. And that is a very, very, very hard thing to tell somebody. Um, yeah. You know, but with that being said, you know, she's, you know, 10 years older than me and she was an officer. We met when I was in Iraq and um, she's a great woman. She's an incredible mm -hmm. mother and we have the same morals and values. Now, I might be a little bit more of a smart ass and I might think it's funny to, you know, you know, build a potato gun on a weekend and shoot potatoes filled with gasoline and the kids are like, yeah, like not thinking of the consequences, right? So I'm fun, but I'm full of discipline, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a yeah. real shift. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we agree on how to raise the kids and still today she puts me in check, but I get along with her boyfriend. Uh, I invite him and his family over cause he's a widower, um, for holidays. Um, I, I'll even say my ex-wife is one of my best friends. If I need something yeah. or, you know, I'll talk to her, you know, totally. um, 50, 50 across the board. And, and I, and I know that's unique for most people that are divorced because it's not, it's not like that. Right. I mean, I go on enough dates with people that <laughs> uh, have kids and uh, an ex, you know, spouse that's an ex. And, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I've had everything from he's in prison to I'm in court fighting for custody on who gets the kid on Easter. Like, yeah. we don't have to deal with any of that. So I'm very fortunate. The first year, year and a half was rough. But, you know, at the end of the day, we were both grownups and we were both mature. And, mm -hmm. you know, Jeff, I remember even calling you. One of the biggest things why I never got a divorce earlier was I felt because I grew up without a father that you had to be married to be a good father. You had to be, mm -hmm. and your kids had yep. to have that beaver cleaver life, you know, and, and it, it's not true. It, it's just not true. You know, yeah. if two people become more like roommates and it's just not the right fit, don't, don't waste time. You right. know, and I've contemplated before. I'm like, did I fuck up? Did I screw up? There are days mm -hmm. even today. I'm like, did I screw mm -hmm. up? But I, I sure. can't continue to go back and saying I have two happy and healthy kids. She's yeah. happy with her boyfriend and probably a better fit than I was. You know, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I can get along with a, a fucking tree trunk if I had to. But at the end of the day, when, when you're into a marriage, people grow and they change. It's just how do you want to change with that vibe? So right. I try to show my kids, um, you know, how two people can get along. And, you know, we're, I'm at every school event, every conference and all that good stuff. And we just don't fight. So it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, no, I will tell I you remember. it helps, you know, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I just remember when you were going through that, right. And like, Ugh. obviously I was pre-children, but I just remember like the struggle that you had, like, do I go down that path or not? And I just, I mean, I know I, I remember telling you like, look, man, like it's gotta be better in the long run for your kids to see you both happy. Yeah. Whether that's together or apart, I don't fucking know. That's up to yeah. you to decide, but like that's gotta be more healthy for them. Yeah. Um, than sticking it out. Right. Yeah. Like, I, you know, my, so divorce is never, never fun conversation, you no. know, <laughs> but I will tell you this, like, I knew I made the right decision or I was going down the right path. If I knew I could look myself in the mirror and say, I did everything I could do to save my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I answered, yes, I did. And it was still not working. I was unhappy. 
And I have that same mentality with business. Before I have to fire somebody or if I've ever fired somebody, I shit you not, I literally go to my bathroom, I look myself in the mirror and I said, did I do everything to help that employee Mm -hmm. before I fire him? Because it's, Mm -hmm. I'm not comparing being fired to to divorce, right? But at the end of the day too, from a business perspective, like you're taking someone's livelihood. You are going to destroy their next few months when they get fired because they no longer have insurance. They no longer have an income um, and they have to go look for employment. So that's a really big thing. I've only had to fire three, three people in my life from a corporate standpoint last, I don't know what, 15 years, which is, this is great, right? Because I believe there's a, if there's a will, there's a way. And sometimes people don't tap into the right potential and maybe you're, they're better suited for this role, not that role. Well, I thought about that Mm -hmm. like with marriage too. What was I doing totally. wrong? What was she doing wrong? Right. So I, I yeah. kind of really pu- peeled that onion back, man. And, but mm-hmm. I did, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And this yeah. is, this is not the right notebook story, you know? And I'm not saying every relationship has to be the notebook, but God Rocky's damn it. favorite movie. Yeah. Well, I've only <laughs> cried once on it. The second time I was good, uh, but yeah. Yeah. But no, I again, mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, I know it wasn't an easy decision on you. you oh, know, it was awful. And, but looking back, since we're doing so much fucking looking back today, <laughs> obviously the right one, right? And you think like, how do how do your kids handle it? Right? Do they? I mean, I I want to say like it's all they know, right? Because it yeah, kinda no, is, that's a good thing. It, but I mean, How do, do they you handle- feel like they're okay? Like, yes. With it? And so, look, yeah. I've been divorced. Uh, Bear's So, Bear was three or two and a half, and Trace was nine months when I mm-hmm. asked for the divorce. When it was finalized, I think he was over a year, but they were super young, you know? But as we progress, like I said, we live very close together. Like, she lives two miles away from me today. Um, mm-hmm. We've always kept like, hey, Christmas is I'm at her house or she's at mine. I mean, she'll stay the night on my couch or guest room and I vice versa, right? We don't ever want to miss something. And we don't want to be the family that says, all right, you, you go with dad this Christmas and mom's going to go to fucking Tahiti, right? Or vice right. versa. Dad's going to go to the yep. Bahamas. So all they've known is mom and dad are divorced, but we get along and we do things. We'll go to dinner yeah. still together just to show the kids that like two people can get along. Um, mm-hmm. And again, there's times that at my dinner table, I have her, my ex-wife, her boyfriend, boyfriend's two kids, my two kids, and my ex-mother-in-law all at the one <laughs> dinner table. Okay. You want to talk about some fucking drinking time? That's the time you start yeah. drinking. But it shows that everyone gets along and we're there for the kids. Now, has my kids said things in the past when they were much younger? Absolutely. And it breaks sure. your fucking heart. I've had my son say, well, if you and if you and mom get along together, why aren't you still married? Like that cuts like razors, dude. You know, mm-hmm. and to explain to a five or six year old that, it's they can't comprehend it. Right. But we continue to have the same message. Mom and dad just didn't work out but we love you both and we're here to support you. And that was the biggest thing, right? Cause we didn't fight about money. She makes a good living. I make a good living. I think that's one real big thing. And the fact that she's mature, more mature than me. If she ever hears that 
Oh my god. Um, I'm sending it to her. Don't worry. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's all about the kids, man. It's not yeah. about her. It's not about me. When she has a problem, she'll pull me aside. And when totally. I know that she has a problem, or the kids are being douchebags to her, or being little assholes as they can, because wait till they're thirteen. Mm -hmm dad steps in you know and she'll mm -hmm. call me i'll drive over i mean we just have that unified front man and honestly i i i thank the the, the heavens and the stars man that i decided yeah. to have kids with somebody as awesome as she so totally um i could imagine if i met trixie the fucking stripper and had kids dude like alimony and all like it, it, it's just stupid right i'd be on jerry springer yeah yeah oh god <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Phil would just roast me. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. And, uh, you know, I think my kids will, will truly understand, you know, how, how parents are supposed to be. Not how husbands and wives are supposed to be. They're going to figure that out on their own. And, and I hope they do. But mm -hmm. that has nothing to do about being good parents. Now, you can be madly in love with somebody and still be the great. Sure. But look, nobody in this world has a picture-perfect marriage, family, life. Everybody has skeletons and, and issues. You know, like mm -hmm. daddy slept with the fucking babysitter and everybody doesn't talk about Jesus. it at Christmas. I get it. Yeah. Like everybody has <laughs> demons. That's great. But what my kids see are two fucking happy, healthy adults that are raising two amazing boys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I've always admired that, right? Because I know, I know divorced parents who... Gosh, I mean, like, I, I don't want to say they're doing it wrong. Um, you know, but they fight over the kids, right? And yeah. it's a competition over, like, who's the better parent and who, you know, tr for the kids' affection. And, like, I want to spend time with mommy or daddy, right? And obviously I don't, you know, I don't live there. But every time I've been around, uh, you know, there's a healthy respect for one another, right? Like when I came out that one time, like we went over to her house and dropped, you know, picked the kids up for a movie and dropped them off and, you know, hung out for a while. Like it was, it just felt normal and it felt right. Right. Obviously it's a bit more yep. difficult without question, but it just felt right. And, you know, my hat's off to you. Cause I know how stubborn you can be sometimes and like <laughs> how hard headed you are and all that shit. But, you know, and, and, and and I know how, you know, like you said, she's in the military. She's a badass bitch, right? Like, she worked with special forces dudes that, you know, yeah, have been through some shit, right? Like, so she she can handle her own and obviously could handle her own and, like, married you, right? And so, like, she <laughs> she she's a tough woman as well. And, like, you guys both, like, are doing you know, in my opinion, it's worth a fucking hell of beans. I get that. But I, in my opinion, you guys are doing it the right way. And yeah, I appreciate you know, that. Obviously, I hope like the kids see that as well. And they will, obviously, I think like when they're older, right? Like they'll recognize that as they start to get into relationships and understand like how hard they are. 100%, man. And that and that's why we do it. You know, again, I think you said something big is like the respect. Like, I respect the shit out of her, right? I have never, mm -hmm. ever, to this day, spoke ill of my ex-wife. Ever. No. After the vote, no. nothing. It has all been positive and praise. It just yep. didn't work out. And again, yeah. amazing woman. But that's the stuff I want my kids to take back, right? And again, you're right. Absolutely. They're never going to know until they're 
at least in their no. late twenties. Yeah. I mean, I look, I yep. do, I came from a divorced family, right? Yep. So at the end of the day, I think I saw my dad, I have daddy issues. I, I saw my dad maybe once a year, if that, and I was a badass baseball player and football player. My dad saw one baseball game mm-hmm. and uh, one football game that just happened to be in his state, you know? Mm-hmm. So if my kids, if they can take anything back, it's just, just love how to, how to, mm-hmm. how to get by and, and make things work, man. Cause again, yeah. light, I started this off. Life is too short. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I, I, I thank the stars, man, that I have somebody like my ex-wife that that's just an awesome person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously like that impacted that whole decision, right? Like your dad leaving, right? Like, yeah. That goes into probably, I would assume a lot of your parenting. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, dude, I, I couldn't, couldn't wait to be a father, man. I mean, all I wanted were boys because I never really had a true father growing up. My dad's a piece of shit, but he taught me two very important things, how to make Italian marinara sauce and how not to be a father. I, and, yeah. and it's a true joke. And he gave me thick thighs and a little dick. But with that being said, um, he taught me how not to be a father, you know, and yeah. I did the complete opposite of him and, uh, you know, not to turn this into a different, different term. I think I've told you this is like, I cannot recollect because my parents got divorced when I was uh, eight or nine. I can't recollect mm-hmm. one time past or today that my father's told me he's loved me. So I think I call my kids every night, even though if I don't see them and mm-hmm. I tell my kids, I love them. Uh, when they're here at least five, 10 times a day, mm-hmm. because I want them to know how much, it, you know, to be a strong man, to love their son, you know, um, and you only want the best for him. You want them to be better than you will ever be. So yeah, man, my father fucked me up, but he also gave me the tools. I can't imagine if I had a good father that even was divorced because maybe I wouldn't be as good of a father as I think I am, you know, without being on a pedestal. I think I'm a fucking awesome dad. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, I, I don't know if I'd be who I am today if my father wasn't a douchebag. Like, you know, butterfly effect, just like what you said. You don't know, yeah. but yeah. But I, I think that's like, uh, you know, he he did some fucking damage, right? Oh, yeah. But it's a testament to you. Um mm. And you know these first these first few episodes, right? Like I, I I have my whole why for doing this, right? And um, you know it's for my kids. Like I want them to hear stories of my past. Like you know I want to hang out with my friends and talk to them. I you know and also like chasing a little bit of a dream. But at the end of the but at the same time, like these first few episodes, right? Like it's a bit of like a an homage to my to my crew. Right. And in my opinion, right, like hearing you talk about that, like is a testament to like how good of a guy you are. Right. Like everybody knows the fucking fun and, you know, crazy Rocky. But you instead of like letting that impact you and maybe being just a fucking shitbag yourself. Right. Like you took that and said, this is exactly what I'm not going to do. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be better than that. I'm going to do, you know, do different. I'm going to do right by, I'm going to, 
take care of people. I'm going to, you know, like all the things that negatively impacted you, like you overcame, man, which is impressive as shit. If I'm, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. it just is. Like, because so many people would fucking fold their chair and just fucking go home. And, and you don't, right? And not a lot of people, I don't know, man. Not a lot of people know that about you and like know these stories. So, like, I appreciate you like talking about them. I appreciate um, it. And I do hope like one day your kids listen to this. And I hope Anne listens to this one day because it's, it's not fucking easy um, doing what you've done and getting to where you've been and going through the shit you've gone through. So, you know, from one man to another man, like, kudos, hats off, tip of the fucking cap, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, not a lot of people have that fucking thick of a backbone and, you know, fortitude to, like, stand up and make that fucking change so i appreciate good, that good on you brother you know you know and um, not to sound all uh gray or, or or cliche i guess i should use that word is like what i do is for my boys and i will tell you this the older i get the less selfish i become and and that's like real talk right meaning mm -hmm. maybe five years ago if i wanted to do something might not have put my boys just right at the forefront, meaning I might ask Ann to watch them three weekends in a row because I was going to go fly to Honduras, right? Yeah. The older I get, the more all I care about is the boys. And and, and yeah. I love that because, and I also look that at as parenting, right? I've My boys are 11 and 13, right? I've never parented a 13-year-old before, but I've parented the fuck out of an 11-year-old, so I know how to exactly deal with Trace, right? Because he's younger. Mm -hmm. But when he's 14, I don't know what to do, right? Mm -hmm. I, puberty, girls, drugs, sex, <laughs> all the shit that goes along with it. I don't, dude, I am walking into a minefield right now, okay? But yeah. with that being said, even though I don't know how to do it, the older they get, the more all I care about is them succeeding, yeah. you know? Um, I become less selfish. I used to buy me stuff before i bought kids stuff now not saying they were never taken care of this is really hard to articulate but i came into some money you you know uh, a few months back and i was like i want to buy a new harley and i said no i'm like nope you know what i ended up buying two dirt bikes for the kids i don't even yeah. have one right yeah. so it's those things that you start progressing as you get older and i'm like my boys are the world you know yeah. bears going into travel baseball right and god damn mm -hmm. that hurts a pocketbook but I don't care. I, I, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll sell whatever stocks I have just to make sure that he is set up and he gets all the experiences he can. Now, I didn't yeah. think that way when the kids were like two and four, to be quite frank with you. I was just like, yeah. well, what do I need? Oh, I mean, a new hot tub. That's great. I just got a new hot tub. It took me 19 months, 20 months since I've lived in here because the kids are more important, right? Braces come and yeah. So, I'm very proud of that because my father was never like that, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still growing, man. I will never stop learning, dude. I will never stop growing. And, and the one reason, and I'll tell you, and then we can get off my ex, but <laughs> she'll call me out on shit. And I really, really appreciate that. So when I mm -hmm. do wrong or I do bad, she does it the right way. She pulls me aside and says, Hey, I don't think you should have yelled at the kids that way. And this is why. Mm -hmm. 
can you imagine somebody that was not like my ex-wife telling me that I'd be in court, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or something crazy would happen. So, you know, and she's there on the good times. She's there on the bad times. She's there to help out with family. So yeah, I, I appreciate the fuck out of her, you know, but what I love about her too is when something is wrong, she calls me out on it, especially around the kid, like with the kids, but she never does it intentionally in front of the kids. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's super important, man. That's, that's showing that unity front, right? Yeah. And which, if you honestly like, right. Like if you just stayed together Mm -hmm. and those conversations happen, it would have been a fucking fight. Oh dude. Oh yeah. I'd be on the couch. I'd be on the couch. I'd be outside screaming and yelling right like mm-hmm. at each other about it like don't fucking tell me you know like it would have been all that and yeah. which just goes to show like how good of a decision that was as much as it hurt you know both of you at the time and how much it hurt like the kids at the time potentially right it's it was still just a good decision because you guys can have those rational conversations now oh so, yeah. yeah you know yeah good on yeah. you but yeah, yeah man boys are in baseball huh Oh man, I'm right, killing no, it. Go ahead, fire away. Well, I was going to say? say before baseball, you know the really cool thing is, and, and I'll kind of give kudos. Like her boyfriend is awesome. You know he he was a, he is a widower. Um, yeah. Hundred percent respects the relationship her and I have. There's no jealousy. There's nothing. He just knows that like that's baby mama, and I'm I'm daddy. You know you know like the kids are number one, and I think that's mm-hmm. why we get along so great. So I think that's absolutely fantastical, man. I mean. Um, and it's almost like a shout out to him because mm. I mean, I could sit here and have a beer with this guy and we can go shoot guns if we wanted to, you know, it, you right. know, I'm not here to be buddy, buddy with him. Right. And be BFFs and do all that. But you know, if he needs help and you know, he just bought a new house and he wants to move, I'm like, Hey, you need another truck. You need another extra hand. You know, it, it, it's those things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and where everyone gets along, I think that's just, it's, it, you almost never find that. Um, yeah. because there's You're always some kind of like brother. jealousy or, Don't you know, issues, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, nah, I'm good. You're in a good spot. No, <laughs> but yeah, no bears and baseball, man. Um, I wish he would apply himself more, but, um, I don't think I told you, Oh, maybe I, I kind of led up to this, but, uh, I told my kids the other day, and I swear to God, I mean, I, w- I was in tears because uh, Bear was being a little difficult, and I just told him, I said, you know, me coaching you, because I've coached him for the last seven years now, uh, is driving a wedge between you and me. And I said, I just don't want that wedge, and I don't want the mm-hmm. the hands thrown up in the air or the, the shade that you throw back to me because no other player does it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I'm done coaching, and I just want to be a dad and watch you grow and and yep. leave the coaching to somebody else. And uh, mm-hmm. ever since I said that, though, Bear has actually done about a 180, man. I mean, he is super cognizant. He's super, like, Dad, whatever you need, man. Like, he gets, like, something happened when I said that to him. And uh, I, w- what made me start to cry was Trace. <laughs> God damn it, Trace. He looks at me, and he's like, because mostly this was about his older brother, because they're on the same team. I make my youngest play up. Um. He looked at me and he's like, does that mean you're not going to coach me? Like teary eyed. And I was like, oh my God. So I start crying and I'm like, oh my God. I said, guys, I haven't made a decision yet. I just think this is the best thing for all of us. You know, I said, Mm -hmm. 
Nothing gives me more pleasure than coaching you. Again, seven years of baseball, basketball, and football. I've been their coach. Yeah. But as Bear gets older, as Trace is getting older, I don't want to be that disciplinarian on the field and at, mm -hmm. at home. And when they get in trouble at school, like, nah, man, I take a step back. So this might yeah. be my last year of coaching. We'll see. But um, Bear has all the talent in the world. He decided to try out on his own for a traveling baseball team. Um, made the team, which Mazel Tov. Um, I w if he applied himself, buddy, he could be so great. It's just yeah. he cares about other things. He loves basketball. Mm -hmm. um, I think his best sport, you know, not disparaging his basketball skills, his best sport's baseball if he applied himself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, and that's a struggle, A's. though. Yeah, oh, right? it's a huge like what struggle. You, what you talked about, right, in – you know, we talked about it, and I told you, like, that was the 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 fight I had with my dad. You know, fucking all-world, Hall of Fame, you know. Yep. High school, college, right? Like, I found out, like, well past when I was in high school. Motherfucker dropped, like, 70 at one, one time in high school, right? Like, scored 70 points of basketball, right? And he was the basketball coach, and so it was, like, Every time I picked up a basketball, it was coaching yeah. versus parenting. And, yep. you know, I see it with my kid, right? Like when I've, I've coached him in football and I try to, like, teach him things, you know, and he doesn't understand that dad knows what the They've fuck he's talking that, about. never done that, right? We yeah. get it, yeah. <laughs> and, and like the dad knows how to throw a, a baseball 95 miles an hour and how to throw a football, you know, however the fuck you far you want to throw it. Or a um, watch 90 miles an hour. Or a watch into somebody's back, right? Like it's just, it's dad, right? And dad's constantly telling me to do things a certain way. And I know he tunes it out. And so it's, I don't want my son to feel that way about sports like I did with my dad where I just, I played because my friends were on the team and I wanted to be part of it. Um, but I didn't apply myself because I knew, you know, I was never going to be good enough for my dad. Um, and it's safe. I, and it's safe it, to say you feared your dad when he was a coach. Is that a fair statement? Uh, I feared him as a father. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a coach. <laughs> I mean, Yes and no, right? Like that's a tough. It's it, and that was the that was the hard part. It's it was tough to differentiate it, right? It was always dad, even though he was coaching me. Like it was always dad. Like it's not like as a coach he was harder on me and made me do more work than other kids. I think he held me to a different standard and didn't play me at times when he could have. Um, but at the same time, I know I didn't apply myself like I could have, like I did to the other sports. Um, and so maybe that was justified, right? If I'm being super honest about it, right? Like you see somebody slacking off in something because, yeah, fuck that. Don't play that motherfucker, right? Like I get that. Um, and so I, like I didn't, I didn't fear him. Uh, it was probably just a little bit of a mentality in the back of my head. Like I know I'm never going to be good enough for him. Um, Partially because I was only, yeah. you know, I was only fucking six three, right? Yeah. I did did you get spanked as like a kid? Did. did you ever get spanked? Once. <laughs> Once. 
when I mooned my sister. <laughs> I was like four years old. It was like, holy shit, like we were just fucking around. Uh, and I showed my butt to my sister, and I'm assuming she had seen me naked for years, right? And apparently that just like set the world on fire. And yeah, it's the one time he got that I got spanked was when I was living in Colorado. Uh, I remember it like vividly. It's like, holy That's shit. That's so man. funny. Like, you know, I say that because I don't think my kids fear me. I think they can be scared of me because, you know, I'm a big dude. And if I do raise my voice, which is very rarely, like, mm. they know. Like, they know not. Mm -hmm. th so they treat me different than they treat their mom, as they should, totally. right? Moms are moms, yeah. dads are dads. But, oh, good God, you know. But never has Anne have to say, if you do that, I'm going to tell your father. Like, no, 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 that, that ain't how we raise our kids. No. But I can, just, I can just see, like, the attitude they give her. They do not give that to me because they know mm -hmm. they'll go flying. Now, I've spanked Bear only once and Trace never, and I cried when I sp spanked Bear because, sure. and he was like, one, maybe two, and he said no, and I was like, you don't talk to me that way, and I patted him on his diaper. It wasn't even a spank. It was a good game, and uh, he starts crying. I start crying. Ann comes mm -hmm. in the room. She's like, what just happened? And I'm like, I'm never hitting our kids again, you know, like, just like a <laughs> bitch. But, um, yeah, I, so I, I, but I think there's a fear level, right? Because coaching, my kids aren't afraid. I, if anything, I'm like, go touch the foul poles, right? Back and forth. I'll do that all damn day. And they give attitude, they keep going or they don't play, you know? So there is no fear of, of my boys on the diamond. Like they think I'm one of their friends at 13 and be like, I don't like it. I mean, I was trying to tell Bear about um, throwing and like tag and something like that. He's like, I, he flat out said, I don't like doing it that way, which was the mm -hmm. right way. I'm like, uh, yeah, but your way doesn't work. Yeah. And he would, he mm -hmm. would literally throw his hands up and look like I had a dick grown out of my forehead, like I was an idiot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just go touch the poles, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that's, but but see Jeff, I know you. You would never throw your hands up like what the fuck Felicia at your dad. Right? Right. You no. would never say I don't like doing it that way. My no. way's better. Like no. But today kids will do it that way, right? They watch yeah. too much TikTok and all that shit, but I get it it's a different era. But that's what yeah. I think I texted you I'm like, "Did you ever get in shit with your dad coaching like yeah." Yeah, my kids don't fear me like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, you know, and I don't, they clearly do, right, in some respect, in that they treat you a little True. differently. <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit. Maybe it's just a being around their friend thing. I don't know. But I, I, I know my kids, and maybe that's just... Uh, me thinking thinking bad i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know what the fuck it is but i just i know my kids listen to other dads right like when, with respect to sports like when another dad will give them a tip um so like i i want them to be coached by other kids or yeah. by other parents you know um well, as long as Chad knows what the fuck he's talking about, because nothing infuriates me more than somebody that doesn't know what the fuck 
Oh, totally, totally. Well, and well, you know, and that I think that's all part of it, right? Is like you, you t- like look, like there's some value in probably whatever Chad's saying. Um, and there's more than one way to do things, right? So let's let's listen to what Chad is saying and try to implement it. Um, respectful, you know, like respectfully, um, and implement their system, right? Like that's part of like following, like that's part of being a part on a team is like doing what you're asked by the coach. And, sure. you know, so it, there's lessons in that, right? And then on the side, like I can give you other tips, right? Like on yeah. here's how you can, here's yeah. how to throw a fucking splitter or a curveball I mean, or whatever it may be. I, I agree with you to an extent because in, in some ways there is only one way to do something right, you know? And, mm-hmm. Now I get it. To hit a baseball, look, you see 92 different stances, right, in the MLB, and they're all hitting. So I get that, mm-hmm. but there are other things like um, <laughs> pickoff moves. You got to step off the mound totally. first before you throw <laughs> over. I have kids literally like, uh, that does, I'm going to do it this way. And I'm like, no, that's a Bach, right? So I'll agree with you to an extent. What, well, I guess yeah. where I'm going with this is like the chads of the world. Cause I, he'll never listen to this. I have a coach that is helping me out. He's never played baseball in his life. Knows mm-hmm. nothing about baseball other than regurgitating what I say. And just, he's there though. He's a human body. And I'll tell you what, of all the dads, he's the only one that's stepped up. So, yep. but with that being said, if I'm not there at practice, I don't have practice. Because I can't yeah. have somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, what they're talking about, try to teach these kids. And yeah. God forbid they give them bad habits within the last two hours of, of them telling them. Like, so, so anyways, um, not to step all over your, your thought processor, but s- sometimes there is one way to do something. And if they don't yeah. do it that way, they're fucked. Absolutely. I, yeah, and I get what you're saying, like, with, especially when it comes to like, rules and things like that i yeah somebody's teaching them the wrong rules like that's you shouldn't be coaching at that point um (laughs) yeah right like don't don't teach them how to play cricket when we're you know playing football uh yeah it is what it you know but you know there's there's multiple ways to go about you know running an offense right like i I guess that's kind of more what i mean right and you know listen to it like is it is it what you should do all the time? You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But at the same time, yeah. you know, being a part of the team is listening to your coach and doing what they ask you to do. And, you know, I can give you the finer points. Like, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, with respect to my kids, I can teach you how to be great, right? I'm going to let somebody else yep. teach you the basics, right? Yep. And once you've got those things down and you understand fundamentals and – you know the rules and all that stuff um yeah i'll I'll help take you to the next level when i know you're like truly passionate about it versus uh me being frustrated that you know you don't want to stand in a huddle and look at the play that we're about to run (laughs) right (laughs) no that you know Uh, that's a good way to look at it man because i i'm kind of a little bit opposite like i'll teach you the basics and i'll teach you like intermediate when you want and you're that good to get to the next level, I'm probably not the best guy to co- I mean, maybe, sure. but you know, yeah. I, I, I want to hand you off to somebody that knows 10 times more than me, but mm-hmm. that's where I struggle because we're at the basics, like catching with two hands. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest pet peeve of mine, and the kids showed. Jeff, I had the, out of seven years of coaching these kids, the worst game last Sunday. Now, these are the boys I've coached forever. We lost 15 to one in three innings because we got mercy. Mm-hmm. The first inning, the opposing team put up, and they suck. The opposing team, we should have waxed. They put up eight runs on one hit. That'll tell you how bad <laughs> we played, right? Eight That's runs right. with one hit. We're talking walks, overthrows, box, drop balls, and every kid who dropped the ball, including my son, one hand going up like their King Griffey Jr. over a wall, and we're talking infield fly roll, <laughs> missing ball. Like, so I'm very big on basics and fundamentals, and I'm like, guys, you can never advance until you get this. Yeah. And I literally have kids, Jeff. I swear to God, my neighbor kid, Caden can hear me right now since I'm outside. That fucking prima donna. <laughs> that fucking dude had a mullet the first time I met him, man. Okay? He is a prima donna. I respect And I mullets. said, you've got to catch with two hands. And I swear to God, he looked at me and was like, I don't do that. He literally told me he doesn't do that. Yeah. He's 13. Oof. And he has Oof. so much potential. Bro, the dude's throwing gas, like 65 miles an hour at 13. He's throwing heat, but he's not coachable. And that's yeah. what I keep telling my son. you got to be coachable, man. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, enough about kids I mean, and sports. Yeah, obviously. Like, there's a thousand ways to do it. So, I want to choke that fucking kid. Yeah, clearly. Caden <laughs> Cox. Poor Caden. If you ever, he- Dude, if you ever hide, hear this, buddy. Hide Caden. <laughs> hide Caden. Hide Caden. <laughs> fucking Jeez. asshole. <laughs> uh, he's too cool for school christ oh <laughs> uh, all right well brother um oh you don't, you don't want to hear i have i have that one story that i don't even think oh, you've heard have you heard the no. stolen car story no fire oh away. my god oh then you're gonna now. all right so we're gonna end on this all right so i regret this we're past statute of limitations all right so i was 17 Hopefully. no we are I was 17. All right. And you knew I grew up poor, didn't have money. My mom was a single mom, but she had a car, a, an awesome car. And uh, it was a Mercedes um, SL 500 convertible. She always wanted it, but it was older, right? So I'm going to guess this was 2002 or one. And it was like a 1995 SL 500. It was her dream car. She bought it used. This car became a lemon. It just, you know, breakage after breakage. And, you know, she was crying at night because she was spending hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, and we didn't have it. It was me and my mom. We lived in an apartment. It was my senior year. And um, she was crying one night. And I said, what's wrong? And she's like, this car, it's my only mode of transportation. If I don't fix it, I can't sell it. And if I can't sell it, then we can't do anything. And I said, don't worry, you know, and she's in tears. She's like, I just wish somebody would steal it. Flash forward like a week or two later, I'm hanging out with some interesting folks and uh, I'm, we're in like affluent, like Orange County. But at the end of the day too, like I said, we're poor, right? We're living in a one or two bedroom apartment, just her and I. And I remember this guy saying that, you know, he knows a guy that knows a guy that can, owns a chop shop. So I tell him, I said, hey, my mom has a CL500. I don't tell him it's a fucking lemon, by the way. 
And I said, uh, what do you think you can get for it? And he's like, you get me the key, I'll give you $5,000 and we'll take it off your mom's hand and we'll be done with it. So I'm in high school still. I, I steal the key from my mom, drive to high school, hand the key off. Key gets handed off by like two different parties. It's like noon. My mom calls me. She's like, I just went to work and my car's gone. And I'm like, what do you mean you're, I'm playing dumb. What do you mean your car's gone? She's like, somebody stole it. And I said, oh my God, are you serious? Somebody stole your Mercedes? You know, she's like, oh my God, I don't, now she's starting to be like, feel bad. Now she doesn't know what to do. But later on that evening, she's like, maybe this is a blessing from the Lord, right? Because she's kind of religious. And I'm like, oh, praise Jesus. Everything's great. So a little later that night, I get a call. And it's like, bro, you've got all kinds of engine lights on. Chop Shop's not taking this car. And I'm like, well, what do you mean the Chop Shop's not taking the car? She's like, he's like, no, nah, man, it ain't happening, dude. And I'm like, what do you mean it ain't happening, dude? He's like, well, we're just going to go park it in LA and walk away. And I'm like, do not do that. Fucking dude did it. They parked this car in East LA. And again, we're from Orange County. And my mom gets a call the next night thinking she's out scot-free. The insurance company will pay the car. And a cop's on the phone's like, hey, we found your car. My mom breaks down, starts crying again, like, oh, my God. He's like, yeah, it's a little fucked up, um, but we found it, and we're going to bring it back to you via tow truck. So my mom tells me this, and now I'm like, great. Now my mom has to pay more money for my stolen car blunder. I felt awful. So what does any kid do when their mom is in pain? I go find the fucking kid that stole a car and I threaten him to his fucking life. I literally grab him and I'm like, you know, and I yell at him. I'm like, oh my God, you fucking idiot. The car's fucked up now in East LA. My mom has to pay even more money. Like this is, you're supposed to pay me $5,000 and blah, you know, and I put the fear of fucking God in this guy. And, um, I don't know what happened after this. All I heard was I get another call a couple of days later, they lost the car in impound and I'm like, lost the car in impound. It ended up in Mexico. True story. Tijuana. It was in the police impound lot in Tijuana. Now it has, um, even more damage. The convertible top was ripped. Uh, it was been keyed on both sides and it is just fucking not even drivable. The Tijuana police call my mom and say that she has to pay to go have a tow truck, go to Tijuana, pick it up and drive it because it's undrivable. My mom is mm. in tears. Now I feel even worse. So what do I do? I go back to that same guy and I'm like, what the fuck did you do? And he's like, you told me, uh, he was a little bitch. And he's like, you told me to get rid of it. So I dropped it off in Tijuana. I'm like, dude, you fucked this up again. And I said, I swear to God, if you don't make this right, we're going to have a fucking problem. I shit you not. The next day we get a call. Um, Tijuana impound lot. Your car has been blown up. I'm like, what? <laughs> Somebody threw a fucking Molotov cocktail in the car, blew it up. Christ. Therefore, it can no longer be, you know, shipped back. And the insurance company ended up paying my mom out for their car. <laughs> Jeez. 
Jesus. So, yeah. Oh, good old insurance fraud. Yeah. Gotta yeah. love it. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> and that's hey. a good way to end this conversation, right? It is. It is. <laughs> oh, oh, Rocky. Half-baked ideas come to fruition. Yeah, well, car One got way or the bombs. other. We're good, man. It all worked out uh, in the end. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I I appreciate you for being on, my man. Um, I love you, obviously. And, love you too, uh, buddy. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to do this again. Um, so, uh, for everybody listening, I uh, we we greatly appreciate it. We hope you uh, had some fucking fun tonight. Um, like, share, subscribe, do whatever. I don't care. Um, until next time, yeah, I know uh, everybody. Uh, yeah, man. Be good. <laughs>